0: Welcome everyone, we are about to begin Be'es HaShem Shalom Bayis number 144. Uh, we're going to uh, a difficult topic that we addressed back in Shalom Bayis number 60 and 61 in regard to infidelity and this is a continuation of that and I want to relate here an address by a social worker, a therapist, his name is Moshe Zev Lam, I, I referenced some of this year in the past very impressed and um, he gave a shear in regarding infidelity and what he saw and excellent advice on those type of things and i want to share with you what he said you go online type his name in, in Moshe Zeflam youtube it'll come up and the shiurim that i'm going to give now is going to be based on what he said and um, it's you know like i always say things be shame i'm just a malakit but i'll make it as clear as possible to explain very much what he said, so um, the first thing he mentioned is that um, that um, in, in when it comes to this infidelity, there's no humor there. Uh, there's no laughter. It's it's very painful, and there's nothing to smile about. You see, with he said that in other shalom cases that come they come to the, uh, his office they can have serious issues but usually even in the first session when they go through it there's some laughter there's some humor and uh, there's some hope and there's some you know positive stuff even with a serious issue that's going on but when it comes to things like betrayal of infidelity extramarital affair there's nothing to smile about it's all painful it's extremely painful then he said something that's really important to know. He doesn't like comparing tragedies, you know, but in this case, for two aspects, he compared death and betrayal between each other to understand what betrayal actually means. Because what happens is, if is someone's married for 20 years and then the husband dies, the wife will say, you know, I had 20 beautiful years with my husband, And my future is gone. My future with this person is gone. I thought I'd have another 40 years, and it's gone. But those 20 years were 20 years, were beautiful 20 years. But when it comes to betrayal, once there's a betrayal like this, then um, the wife pretty much says uh, that I lost those 20 years as well. If there was infidelity after 20 years, that's the way they look at it. And I lost those years as well. Another thing is is if a spouse passes away, which is a very terrible thing, but there's a shiva spouse suffers, but others suffer with her, or at the very least sheer in the suffering um you know by comforting her and being there during the shiva process and so on but there, by betrayal, what usually happens is that the 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 hurt spouse sits alone, and feels terrible shame and in terrible pain. And that's something not to take lightly. And um, the first feeling that you experience is hopelessness. Life is over. This is over. Everything's gone. But to put something that does give hope, and it's based on actual statistics in reality that even with the worst type of betrayal which is an extramarital affair 70 to 80 percent of marriages that go through this survive but the truth is survival is not enough the the purpose of it is not just to survive but to rebuild which is harder, and that's probably not 70 to 80 percent. To be frank, that's probably a little, somewhat less. It takes a lot of hard work, but it could become a beautiful, more meaningful marriage, even after such a terrible thing took place. And it can happen. And betrayal and infidelity, uh, you know, goes with many types of aspects: physical, emotional, texting. Um, you know, with the technology, there's so many types of betrayals that could be but he's talking here about extramarital um affairs now now he said something he made an and i'm going to follow this too as follows is that um in the secular world basically it's viewed that as far as who does the betrayal the husband or the wife the man or the woman it's pretty much equal it's 50 50 sometimes it's the man sometimes it's the woman and um it's 50 50 but he uses in this shear, and i'm going to use in this shear, the he and the she that he is the reference to the unfaithful spouse and she is a reference to the faithful hurt spouse um he does that for convenience and also because of halachic ramifications. When it's the other way around and it's the wife, the woman, that is unfaithful, there's more complicated halachic ramifications. And I remember that when we did the shir in 1661, I had to put in a message after that to explain the qualification of that because there are halachic ramifications. When a wife is unfaithful, a rov has to be consulted on halakhic aspects so to avoid that right now he uses the he assuming the husband is the unfaithful one and the spouse is the faithful hurt one though it of course could happen the other way around as well and um he focuses in the sheer that i heard and you can listen to it he focuses on the hurt spouse more now on the unfaithful spouse they need to do a lot of work they sometimes they need someone to talk to they sometimes need therapy in order to respond properly in a healthy way if he wants to make the marriage work despite the terrible mistake he made um sometimes the problem is is they so we're not talking about someone It could be a, a situation where the person actually lacks remorse such a person um is very difficult to deal with and the marriage is probably over if there's no remorse and no you know no empathy but very often the lack of—it's not lack of remorse and it's not lack of empathy. Empathy—it's more their confusion and shame of realizing what they did and not handling it now and not knowing how to handle it, and uh, that creates a lot of confusion. So they need their own guidance in how to behave in the right way now, when if they want uh, to work on healing the marriage on their end. But we're gonna they, he focuses more now on the one that was hurt. And um despite the hopelessness that is felt um at the time that this is found out, um there's a roadmap there's a roadmap which he calls and a direction for the marriage to take place with therapy, with guidance where it's not hopeless at all. He explains and this is something um, that's very important. So please pay attention and remember this: that when there is an extramarital affair and it's found out, and the wife found, finds out about it that the husband was unfaithful, um, the hurt spouse go they go through the couple goes through three separate stages. The first stage is the crisis fa- phase. Crisis phase means. That there is a, um, a tremendous roller coaster of emotions taking place, the emotions are rampant. There's a tr- real, real trauma taking place. This can take weeks, sometimes months, and there's really not much that could be done during that time period, other than to deal with that crisis because there is a shock there, and there is a, a, a feelings of anger and resentment and hurt and uh, hopelessness. And during that time, which is a terribly painful time, a terribly traumatic time, and the, the, the unfaithful sp- spouse needs to realize this, that what's going on with the one that is hurt, that was, that was cheated upon, it's one of the biggest traumas they could experience in their lives. And that is the first phase, this crisis phase. Then what happens is, is after time passes by, And then the emotions calm somewhat, never fully calms down, but to a certain degree there is a calming of it, at least a little bit, where it's called a decision-making phase. At that point, when the emotions calm down somewhat, there's room for conversation, conversation to see if there is a way uh, to continue the marriage or not to continue the marriage and to you know, get to a point to dis- have uh, open discussions about this um, a- a thing. And then after that decision phase, if the decision is to move forward, then there's a rebuilding phase, which is phase number three, which is a very long process, and he doesn't discuss it in this year. I will do lean Nether research and try to find, and I will, lean Nether, look into what this rebuilding phase looks like and what to do and how marriages could be built up after uh, there was this crisis phase and then the decision to move on. And so again, those three phases is first the crisis phase where the emotions are very rampant and raw and there's nothing that can be done then other than dealing with the crisis. And then there's a decision-making phase where they could have at least the ability to have conversations to see whether to continue or not. And then there's the rebuilding phase. It's not always sequential like that uh, because, for example, sometimes they may be in the rebuilding phase already. And then because the emotions are strong, the crisis phase will come up again and they have to start again. Or sometimes the decision-making, they thought they went through it already and they wanted the marriage to continue, but then the emotions come in and the hurt feelings come in and they roll back to the crisis and things. So there it's not always in sequence, but the aside is is that no decision can be made when you're in that crisis mode, meaning in the beginning when the spouse finds out about it and it's extremely traumatic and the emotions are rampant. And um, so during that time, it's impossible to make a decision. Make a decision, it's going to be an incorrect decision. No decision is to be made while that crucial, painful, terrible, traumatic uh, um, period is happening. Need to take it slow. Need to deal with the emotions first. And it comes with sadness and anger and depression and anxiety. It's trauma. It's trauma in the deepest sense. There's confusions in this place, terrible confusion, and if this happened to you, the first thing you really need to know is that you're normal. This is normal, the normal to be like a roller coaster. You know, I, I love him and then I would hate him, you know, uh, get out of the house, but I I need him and I want him. Uh, you know, um, I'll never forgive you. Um, I'm willing to get past it. It, it. It's a constant jumping up and down, back and forth. It's very, very normal. And that happens during the crisis phase. And you can't come to decision while you're in that crisis phase. And the same thing goes the, uh, once there's a decision phase. No rebuilding can happen until you hit that decision phase where you talk it through and and, and work it out as to whether... The marriage continue. We'll continue be'ezes Hashem in the next year.